So I wonder if you could guess the number one conversation I have with people seeking pastoral counsel. I wonder if you could guess the number one thing that people come to me, burden that they have, something that they want to talk about and get some counsel on. Perhaps you would think of maybe an area of struggling with sin or an area of wanting to grow in Christ. And believe me, folks in this church, I praise God, are fighting their sin and are seeking to grow in Christ. Maybe it's folks that are walking through grief or suffering or loss or pain. And yes, folks in this church are doing that as well. I'm grateful to be a pastor and to be able to walk with folks through these different things. Do you know the number one conversation I've had? And I don't mean this year, and I don't mean since COVID. I mean over 13 years, it has consistently been the number one thing. And before I tell you what it is, let me, let me first say, I think Mercy Hill is a really loving church. If I were to kind of list our strengths, I would say, you guys, by the grace of God, do a good job loving each other. I'm grateful for that. There's a warmth. I think, I think guests feel that. I sure hope that they do. Um, and, and, and that we're able to love each other well. Yet, despite that, the number one thing I have heard as a pastor over 13 years consistently is this. Pastor, I don't feel connected relationally to folks in the church. I don't feel connected. Perhaps, they, perhaps they've got kind of surfacey relationships, but they don't have that close friend that they're desiring. Or perhaps they just haven't been able to plug in for some way. Maybe life has been sort of conspiring against them. They, haven't, they can't get to care group, and they're infrequent on Sundays. And regardless of the reason, the outcome is the same of not feeling connected. And, and let me just say, if that's you, and there are many in here that that's true about, I'm sorry you're walking through that. that, that, that is a, it is a hard thing. Loneliness in any circumstance is difficult. And I think it's got a little extra bite in a local church. And I think we all know, like, loneliness is part of the brokenness of the world, right? The world's broken, and so we experience loneliness. And the brokenness of the world doesn't end at the threshold of the church. It sneaks in here too, and we can experience that here as well. Um, there will be a day when the brokenness of the world no longer affects the church. I'm looking forward to that day when we worship the Lord together in perfect harmony. We will know each other, we will love each other, and we will be loved by each other as God forever intended it. That's going to be a great day. I'm looking forward to that day. What I want to talk about today is relationships in the local church. Relationships in the local church. My, my hope is to give you hope, if, if I was just describing you, to continue to press in. And even if I wasn't describing you, that you would be aware that that's a very common thing so that you can be about the work of ministry within this local church, relating with others together and looking to the Lord together. So we're going to be finishing our series this week entitled Mercy Hill Values. Uh, we've been going through this now for, uh, this is our seventh and final message in the series. 
for those of us that have been around a while, this is kind of a refresher on the things that Mercy Hill values. Uh, and for those that are new, these are, this is kind of serving as our new members class. So if you want to make that step from attending Mercy Hill to being members at Mercy Hill, uh, typically we've offered a class uh, for that. And we're, we're doing that here on Sunday morning so that everybody can, uh, can get this together. So we're going to be talking this morning on the topic of relationships in the local church. The title of the message is just relational, relational. And to do that, I want to work through our membership commitment together, which you should have in your hands. It's actually the first page in there. The second page we're not going to reference. It's for you to use later. But the first page is our membership commitment. Before I jump into it, I want to just describe define a couple things. And, and, I, and I want to start by talking about what do I mean by member? Because that can actually be a bit confusing. So in the broadest sense, if you are a Christian, you are a member of the body of Christ. Right? That's how you become a member of the body of Christ is to come to Christ. And so you're a member of the church universal, the big C church, the church of all time and places of God's people together. Right? You, you, you become a member of Christ church when you first came to him. But that's not how I'm using the term this morning. Instead, what I'm talking about is becoming a member of a local church. That is, putting your roots in at a local church and expressing, if you will, the, the membership you have to the big church amongst a real people, in a real place, at a real time, in real relationships. We might contrast then those who are members of a church from those who are attending a church. Now, hopefully members are attending the church, but, but membership is, is, a, is an additional step of commitment that we're, we're talking about. So I wanna, I'm going to be aiming this morning to talking about the kinds of relationships we're aiming for as members of the local church. But before I get to that, I want to talk to those for a minute who aren't members of Mercy Hill and who aren't pursuing membership right now for some reason or another. And I just want you to know that you are welcome here. All right? It could be easy because we're having this long series on church membership for you to maybe feel like you're in second place or that you're not really wanted here if you're not becoming a member. That is not the case at all. I, I want, we want Mercy Hill to be a church with a big front porch. It's a big, welcoming front porch. You remember back in the day how it used to be, right? People lived in neighborhoods on streets. They had front porches. You kind of walk down the street and there's your neighbor and you could walk up onto the front porch and you can get in out of the blazing sun, right? And maybe they had a porch swing. I love porch swings. I think a little porch swing you could sit down on. And maybe some lemonade, and you can sit there and you can talk and you can catch up with your neighbors. I want Mercy Hill to have a big front porch where folks can just come in out of the rain and out of the blazing sun and out of the difficulties of life and experience something of God. That does not require membership in a local church. Um, something of God and something of the community of God together. Um, so, if, if that's you, and, and that could be you because this is your first Sunday here, and you're, wow, no, I'm 
I don't think I'm going to be a member here, but I'm glad to, to be here. Or maybe you're visiting family. Maybe you've been visiting for six months and you're still not sure if this is the place. We don't want you to feel pressure to become members. We want you to be able to enjoy being on the front porch. However, we also want you to know the front door is open if you want to come in. Right? That's what this series is about. Front door is open because there's a family room to a church as well. Or you might call it the kitchen table. And this is where the family gathers. And this is where relationships are deeper. And there's laughter over a meal. And there's crying together over difficult times. And there's doing the chores when somebody spills their stuff on the ground. And there's doing the dishes after the meal is over. There's a, the, the, the depth of family relationships happen in the family room or around the, the kitchen table. So, so if you want that, we want you to know that there's a, there's a seat at the table for you as well. So if you want to stay on the front porch, we are thrilled that you're there. May God bless you as an attender of Mercy Hill. But if you're looking for membership, then, then the door is wide open and we'd love to invite you in. And that's what the class is going to be right after, the lunch is going to be right after church in the uh, Edwards room. All right, well, with that, I want to go ahead and start looking at this membership commitment together. And here's what I thought. Uh, I'm going to go through it, and I thought we could read it together. Not the whole thing. I'll, I'll, I'll cue you as we go along. All right? So let's read the first paragraph together, which begins, having been brought. Okay? So if you've got that in front of you, let's, let's just read this out loud, and then I'll comment, and we'll, we'll read some more. So, having been brought by God's sovereign grace to repent and believe in the good news of Jesus Christ and his saving work, and having been baptized upon our profession of faith, we do now, relying on his grace, solemnly and joyfully affirm our commitment with each other. Now, if you were able to think about the words you were just reading out loud, you would notice something rather interesting. The title of this document is Membership Commitment, and yet it doesn't start out by talking about our commitment to each other. It doesn't start out by talking about each other at all. Instead, it starts out by talking about God. The, the foundation for this is not our relationship with each other. It's about God's relationship with us. And so it begins, having been brought by God's sovereign grace, to repent and believe. This was the day, the moment, the time when God drew you to himself. He brought you to himself by his grace and opened your eyes so that you would repent of your sins and trust in Jesus Christ. That was the day you were saved. That was the day you became a member of the church of Jesus Christ worldwide. So, this membership commitment then is for those who are Christians, for those who are related to God. It, and it says, so having been brought by God's sovereign grace and having been baptized on our profession of faith. So baptism is one of two sacraments that Christ has given to the church. And it is the, it is the front door to the church. So someone is not saved through baptism. They're saved by their repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. However, they become a visible member of the visible body of Christ through baptism. This is when we declare to the world, 
I'm his. I belong to his people. So it's, it's, the, it's the front door to membership visibly in the universal church. So we put first the relationship with God. Every relationship that we have with each other is founded upon and because of his relationship with us or our relationship with him. I wonder if anyone here has felt at times that you don't particularly fit in to the church, to this church. You know, maybe, maybe folks, they just have slightly different interests than you. You don't have a lot in common. Can I just ask, do you have Jesus? Because if you have Jesus, you have all that you need. He is what we share in common. And he alone. You add to that and you, you end up subtracting something. The church is built around the person and work of Jesus Christ. People who've been saved by him come together. And, and what I hope is our experience in a kind of humorous way, but in a serious way is, wow, here's some people that I, mm, I probably would not have been friends with. I probably wouldn't have been hanging out with. Except for the grace of Jesus brought us together. And man, now they're my brothers. And now they're my sisters because we share him in common. Right? So that's the basis of all of our relationships. And then it says, we do now, relying on his grace, solemnly and joyfully affirm our commitment with each other. We're relying on his grace. Friend, anything else in this document is not just a statement of we can and we will. It's a statement of God help us by your grace walk this out. Being committed to other human beings is way too hard for you and me to successfully do apart from the grace of God. Um, so you might notice that uh, I've titled the, the, the message, you know, relational. We're talking about relationships. But then we're going through this document called commitment. That's a word some people are kind of uncomfortable with. Commitment. Oh, why are we talking about commitment? There's just a reality, friend, that there tends to be a correlation across in all of life. Think about any relationship you have. There's a, there's a relationship between the depth of relationship you have with someone and the depth of commitment you have to that person. There's a relation, and it's, it's, it's inviolable. It's unbreakable. You, you can't get to, I'll say, extreme relational depth without having an extremely high level of commitment. Now, it's not to say they're the same thing. They're not the same thing. Um, commitment is not a replacement for relationship. You know, you've, you've heard or seen that two people committed to each other in a marriage, but the relationship seems to be not great. So it's not, it's not equivalent to, it's not a replacement of, but I'll tell you, you've never heard of a marriage where the relationship is really, really strong without commitment. Commitment is part of relationship. You, you remember back in the day, and for, for some of us, this was a long time ago, like back in the dating time, right? You're, you're, do you remember that phase when it was like 
are we dating or not? And you haven't really labeled it dating or not. And this is my friend who's a girl, but not my girlfriend. You know, you know that awkward stage, right? Okay, and then things begin to progress a little bit and the, the relationship gets stronger. Well, I'll tell you what, as that relationship gets stronger, what both of them are feeling, if they're, they're experiencing that relation gets stronger, is that the commitment gets stronger too. It just how God made us. To the point that they finally say, we need to make this commitment permanent and public. And then there's the marriage ceremony to do just that, right? So while we're not talking about a marriage relationship here in the local church, we, it is appropriate and right and good that when we talk about deep relationships, that we talk about actually being committed to each other because that's what makes deep relationships safe. That's what, that's what makes them last and move beyond just however long we feel like having them. All right, well, let's, let's go to the next paragraph that begins with, we will pray, and we can, we can read this out loud together as well. We will pray and labor to be faithful disciples of Jesus Christ, devoted to the glory of God, resting in the gospel of his Son, and dependent on the work of the Holy Spirit. Notice that the first commitment in this commitment document is not a commitment to each other. It is a commitment to the Lord. We will pray and labor to be disciples. The commitment to a local church is, in that sense, very secondary. Our primary commitment is to Him and is to following Him. There's only one who said, follow me, that we're to follow. There's only one Lord and one master. There's only one head of the church. And our commitment to him is first and primary. So we're going to pray and labor to be faithful disciples of Jesus. And we're devoted not to the glory of Mercy Hill, not to primarily to each other, but devoted to the glory of God. He would enable us together to give him glory, resting in the gospel and dependent on the Holy Spirit. All right, and then the membership commitment is going to start listing out some different things that we're going to uh, commit to do together. And the first is perhaps the longest one, which we can read together next. It begins, to that end, we will not forsake. So let's read this. To that end, we will not forsake assembling together but will faithfully attend our corporate worship, treasuring our church's weekly opportunity to sing, pray, and receive the whole counsel of God. We will defend and maintain a gospel-centered ministry by upholding and attending to biblical preaching, the administration of the sacraments, and the exercise of church discipline. this paragraph says that we're going to go to church. (laughs) All right? In so many words. It says we're committed to going to church. And I would say that is the first step that members are committing to, that we're going to, we're going to be here together. And so far as is possible and as long as God enables us, we're going to worship God together. And it talks about different aspects of that worship. There's singing God's word to him. There's hearing God's word as it's declared to us. There's praying God's word back to him together. 
There's, there's receiving the sacraments of baptism and communion that the Lord has given to us, attending to biblical preaching. This is all part of our gathering. If you've been alive for a while, you've seen how the American culture, our culture, has become less and less formal and more and more casual. Have you noticed this? I noticed it over my lifespan. If I were to think about being my kid's age in church, y'all would have been dressed a lot nicer. (laughs) Right? That's how it was. People wore their Sunday best, right? And there was a formality about it. There was a, um, I think a lot of it was God-honoring. There was just a God-honoring, this is important, this matters, we're going to get dressed up, and here, you are, and here you are listening to somebody preaching to you in jeans, you know? And I think it's appropriate. We, you know, we, we all live in a culture. We, are, we aren't called to, you know, change the culture. We're to, called to proclaim Christ. But to welcome people in out of this culture, I think it makes sense that we dress like they dress. You know, we don't, you don't have to dress, I don't know, like the Amish in order to be Christian, right? So we dress in a modest way, but like, like the culture dresses. But I would be concerned overall that our sense of reverence for God and our sense of the importance of coming into the house of the Lord to worship the Almighty God has somewhat diminished. Friends, let us wear casual clothes, but let us not have a casual attitude about worshiping the Almighty. If you've ever visited another part of the world and seen how Catholics in another part of the world or pagans in another part of the world worship, their zeal could put Christians to shame. Let us be zealous to worship the Lord together. And and beginning by saying, we're going to do this every week is, is an appropriate and right thing for Christians to do. Yes, we value this together. The last little piece in there talks about the exercise of church discipline. If you've got more questions about that, I could cover it actually during lunch today. Um, But just very briefly, church discipline is a gift given by God to members of local churches to help us follow Jesus. Because we're all tempted to sin. and We're all tempted to fall away from the Lord. And church discipline is simply a restorative act of, of helping one another continue to follow Jesus and return back to God after we've sinned. And the thing is, it's only available to members of a local church. And why is that? Why is it only available to members of a local church? Because think of the alternative, <laughs> right? Like, um, this, is, this is a little bit like the, uh, the, the house example that I've been using. A family's authority is real, but it's only over the family. The family's authority doesn't extend to the neighborhood. And a church's authority does not extend to the, to the broader community. It is for the church itself. So there may be Christians, there are, in Spotsylvania who are wandering off into sin right now. But we're not called to walk out church discipline with every believer in Spotsylvania or Fredericksburg. That would be weird. <laughs> right? Uh, I don't know you, but Jesus is telling me, oh, no, 
right? We're not, that's not how, it is a gift for local churches, for those who've committed to each other, that we have each other's back, that we're going to catch each other, we're going to help each other follow the Lord, even when, when we are pulling against that in our own sin. Good. All right, so let's, let's read the next two paragraphs. The first one begins, we will walk, and the next one, we will rejoice. So let's read those together. We will walk together, brotherly love, as becomes the members of a local church. We will pray for and serve one another, exercise an affectionate care and watchfulness over each other. And reject all opportunities to speak or hear gossip or slander. We will instead seek to encourage one another, build up each other in faith. We will rejoice with those who rejoice and endeavor with tenderness and sympathy to bear each other's burdens and sorrows. This is where we get to the heart of relationships in the local church. New Testament calls us to a particular God-honoring kind of relationship throughout the New Testament. It's often, uh, if you want to just do a quick word search on it, just do a word search on one another, one another, and then look at the list of one another's in the New Testament. Romans 12.10 says, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Romans 12, 16, live in harmony with one another. Romans 15, 7, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Galatians 6, 2, bear one another's burdens. It's really easy to read our Bibles and feel like we're doing all that. But it's really hard to do all that if you're really elbow to elbow with other people. Loving others, forgiving others. To forgive someone means you have been sinned against. And that forgiveness piece does not come easy or natural. It comes by the power of the Spirit. To bear with someone means they're doing something that doesn't make your life easier. And you have to bear with them. To bear their burdens means you know their burdens. And you feel something of their burdens. To outdo one another in showing honor means that you know enough about that person that you can honor the grace of God at work in them. This requires real relationship. And so just definitionally, when I think about becoming a member of a local church, I think, I think it's saying, okay, all those one another's, I'm going to do those here. I'm going to do those with you and you and you. You're my one another. I'm one of your one another's. That's what it means to become a, a, a member. And that's what membership should look like, is that we walk out these things together. And I think now I could come back to those that perhaps have felt like they're on the outskirts. You know, you've You've perhaps been one of those that has come to me and said, Pastor, I don't feel particularly connected. And I would again want to say that I relate to that and I sorrow for you for the experience of loneliness. It is a 
burden. And that can happen. Bad things can happen whether you're following Jesus closely or not. So loneliness can happen whether you're following him closely or not as well. Um, But I want to also gently challenge you. Say, you're called to this regardless of how you feel. You're still called to this. You're still called to this even if you feel disconnected. So let me encourage you for one moment to picture yourself in a room with a lot of people in it who feel disconnected. Can you picture that room? Because you're actually sitting in it right now. All right? And then say, Lord, how would you help me help them? What am I called to? What what, what does it look like for me? So if, if you are one of those, while I empathize with you, I would also want to challenge you and say, you feel disconnected. Are you doing what this passage we just said together? Are you doing this? Because it says we will walk together in brotherly love. Are you walking together? At Mercy Hill, that means you're part of a care group. That's, that's our first step after Sunday mornings. It's not the whole thing of relationships, but it is where kind of the relational springboard in the church is where we attempt to get everybody connected. It's for you and it's for others that are looking to connect as well. That's why we have these groups. So are you doing, are you walking with others? Are you praying for others? It says we will pray and serve one another. Who are you serving? Who are you serving? We will exercise an affectionate care and watchfulness over each other. Seek to encourage one another, build each other up in the faith. Listen, you find someone here to serve. You find someone here that you're praying for regularly. You find someone here that you're looking for opportunities to encourage them in the gospel. And it will be difficult for you to feel disconnected. I'm not saying it's impossible. Yep, we can all feel that way at times. But I'm just, there's a reality that as you help others connect, God's going to meet you. He's going to meet you. And frequently he will meet you by helping you feel connected as well. In addition to care group, I wanted just to let everybody know of a neat opportunity that just got kind of put together this week. Megan Beiswinger, uh, lady here at the church, her family's actually pursuing membership right now, and uh, she's going to be starting up a women's Bible study in the fall um, on Monday nights, beginning in just over a month. Um, and her heart for this is just to help ladies who feel disconnected. Just have another place to plug in. Maybe they can't get to the care group on Tuesday night or, or whenever it is. So perhaps they could come to this, or perhaps it's a slightly easier step. So if that's you, encourage you to talk with Megan, and we'll be given more details about that over the coming weeks. But just looking to have those opportunities to build actual relationships with each other uh, here in the church. Okay. Next paragraph we can read together says, uh, we will seek to proclaim. We will seek to proclaim and adorn the gospel of Christ before our family, friends, and neighbors, and faithfully transfer the gospel to future generations. The mission of Mercy Hill is to mature and multiply disciples through the power of the gospel. That's why God brought us together. What he does when he brings us together is he builds these relationships that we're talking about. 
But if you were here last week, the message was entitled, Built to Fly, how the Lord puts his church together with a mission in mind. And this is talking about that mission. That's what this paragraph is about. It says, we'll seek to proclaim the gospel of Christ. So commitment that we're making together is not just towards each other. It's actually towards the world here. But together, we're seeking to make Christ known. To, to proclaim him, to evangelize, to tell others about Jesus. But it says we will seek to proclaim and adorn the gospel of Christ. So the word adorn speaks of our lifestyle, where our lifestyle matches the words we're saying. So when people say, that person's a Christian, that gives some glory to God, instead of dishonor to God. Friend, I know, like, none of us are doing this perfectly. None of us are perfect witnesses of Christ or perfectly adorning the gospel. Yet, this, to this, we are striving together and leaning together and committing towards each other that our lives will, will make the gospel more appealing to those that don't know Christ. I think that's the essence of being salt and being light in a decaying world, in a dark world. But notice that this isn't just an evangelistic thing. There's also, it says, and faithfully transfer the gospel to future generations. There's a parenting commitment in here. Parents, there's a parenting commitment that you're going to be about proclaiming the gospel in your home to your kids. But you know what? It's not just parents. This is us together committing to transfer the gospel to the next generation. So this defines a value we have together then, that together we're looking to see the next generation, if at all possible, come to Christ. That we're praying for them, that we're supporting them, that we're encouraging them, that we're teaching them about Jesus. So together we do things like children's ministry. Praise God for those in the back right now who are doing this right now. And for those of you sitting here that do this other weeks. And then we've got Pioneer Girls and Boys Brigade that are about teaching young men and young women what it looks like to follow Jesus. Then we've got our youth group that's going to be going on a retreat here in two weeks. Excited for them. All of these things fall under this vision of transferring the gospel to the next generation. A church that's not actively doing this loses the next generation. We, we, are, we are called to this together. All right, we are getting close. Let's read the next one. We will contribute. We will contribute cheerfully and regularly to the support of our local church, to the care of our members, and to the spread of the gospel locally and to all nations. This is probably the biggest difference in terms of effort that it is to be on the front porch versus the kitchen table. The people on the front porch get to take in the, the blessings of being on the front porch, but they're not called to do the work of maintaining the house. Those at the kitchen table, however, we've got chores to do, right? That's part of what membership means. It's, it's a great blessing to us, but it's also one of the primary places we can serve. And so here where it says we will contribute 
cheerfully and regularly to the support of our local church. I think that has two components. I think, I think there's a monetary component and a time component to that. So the, there's the monetary component, right? Like God's called us out of what he, the money he's given us to support the mission that he's called us to. And so that's through our tithes and through our offerings together. Um, this goes to support our local ministry, caring for members, caring a bit for those outside of the church as well through our benevolence fund and ministries that we have, as well as seeking to see the gospel planted in other parts of the world. Right? So it's, it's, that's, the, that's the backpack that members get to wear, and it's the privilege that we get to wear to, to do this together. So it's contributing our, our money, and it's contributing our time. Um, all of these ministries take a ton of volunteers. I mean, I just mentioned all the ones that we're doing for kids alone. There's a lot of people serving, giving up their time so that this can happen. Praise God. It doesn't happen without the members doing the work of, of ministry. All right. Let's read together. We will if we move from this place. We will if we move from this place as soon as possible. Unite with some other church where we can carry out the spirit of this covenant and the teaching of God's word. All right. So good news, friends. A commitment to a local church is not a marriage vow. All right. This is not a till death do us part kind of thing. This is not a once you've signed it, we've got you. All right. Here's an exit clause right here. Okay. So. Um, there are reasons people leave churches. Sometimes that means that they're moving geographically to another location. God's called them on to another place. Sometimes, they're, for whatever reason, they're, maybe their theology is changing a little bit, and another local church better matches what they're um, in support of. Those things can happen. Um, we decided, as Sean and I talked this through, that we weren't going to call this entire document a membership covenant. Many a church calls it that, and I'm not saying that that's necessarily wrong. That seemed to bring a little bit too much to the table to me. I think of covenant, I think of, you know, like Bible things, <laughs> God and Abraham, you know what I mean? Like really big stuff, and then probably marriage is a covenant as well. So I thought that was a bit much, but, but saying that I think that this is also a, a sober commitment, one that we don't want to take lightly, um, that, that, we, that we take this with care and sobriety so that when you think about leaving a local church, you would think of, you would, that you would think about it, you would take care with it, that you would probably invite a pastor or a close friend to help you. Am I, am I thinking about this rightly? Friend, if you ever find yourself needing to leave a local church, um, you're finding yourself leaving a local church that's preaching the gospel. Um, leave it stronger as you go. All right. Now, if you're leaving, you probably have a reason. Maybe you don't like the pastor's beard or whatever it is. You've got a reason. And those reasons can get very big in our mind. And it's easy to just kind of wipe the dust off and leave. If the church is preaching the gospel, build her up on your way out. She is his bride, and that's a big deal, right? Now, if she has abandoned the gospel, 
feel no obligation. In fact, take as many people as you can because she's no longer a church. Okay? So that's the, that's the difference. But God help us. That's not here. Lord, keep us. So whenever you are called by God to leave, leave the church stronger as you head out the door. So this is a commitment that we will be careful about leaving, that we're, we're not going to be hopping and shopping for churches, as is all too often kind of the me-centered way that church can happen these days. Um, but it also says that if we move, we're going to go to another church. So, so if you decide to leave, here's what you're committing to. If we leave here, we're going to find another church. I want you to take that seriously because I think of churches like ships in the ocean where God's people can be brought up out of the waves and brought together and kept safe and alive. And just to jump off a ship into the ocean with no idea of another ship that you're going to get on is not a good plan for God's people. I've seen it over and over. Even if, oh, I got a job, we're moving over here. Okay, whoa, good. What churches are there? Let that be part of what you're thinking about because we need the church. We need God's people. This is how God meets us. Yes, it's God that meets us, but he meets us through the normal means of grace and his church is one of the biggest means of grace. So if God calls you from here, uh, just so you know, my heart, Sean's heart, we want to make it um, easy to leave. We're not, we're not, we don't want to keep people that don't want to stay. You know, if, if God's calling you, then go with God and, and we'll bless you as you go. Um, but, let us, but let us do so soberly as individuals and look for the next church that God would have us to be a part of. Okay, let's read the last clause together. May the grace. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen. Yes, and so we end the way we began. Rather than looking horizontally at the commitments we're making to each other, it ends by looking vertically again and asking for God's help. And it's, it's a, if you notice, it's a, a Trinitarian prayer, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to need his, his forgiving grace. We're going to need his sustaining grace to do this. And then may the love of God the Father be with us, the love of God that surpasses knowledge. May the Lord use the commitments we make to each other down here to help us know his love better. That's amazing. May God do that. May he, may he make his, his love known to us and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. The helper that has been given to us so that we can know God himself. So may God be glorified as we pursue this together. And friends, I just want to say one, one final time, thank you for coming through this series with us, the Mercy Hill Values series. Uh, if you are interested in becoming a member, um, we're going to be having lunch here in 20 minutes, something like that, um, next door, and you can um, 
join us over there. If there are questions about church membership that I didn't get to, and I didn't get to everything this morning, um, then bring those with you or um, church discipline. Um, Out in the front, our uh, uh, resource center has a whole bunch of things that we've put out there specifically related to, to membership just to serve you. So if you haven't stopped by there, I encourage you to stop by and you can get some of those things as well. Um, and if you can't make it to lunch, you can still become a member. Just let me know, and we'll talk, and we'll figure it out together. Okay? Good. Lord, would you tune our hearts once again to worship you together? Thank you for the distinct privilege, not only of being your child, but of being in a family with other kids, of not only worshiping you, but of worshiping you together and corporately. And so would you receive our praise as we worship you together right now in your name. Amen.